Welcome to the Two Northern Lasses' latest podcast. In this episode, the Lasses are talking returning to work with development coach Victoria Brennan. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here today with um, Vicky Brennan. Um, Vicky is a personal and professional development coach. Um, I met Vicky at a networking event, bizarrely the same one I met Michelle at. Different day, oh. but the, the same the same um, networking group. Um, probably about a year ago, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we were both in a very similar situation at the time. Um, career-wise um, as you know I've since um, gone it gone it alone and um, we're gonna chat to Vicky today about how she's done the same great well nice to meet you Vicky yes hello. Um, it's been well we've talked about this ne- local networking thing before it's like it's just a great place to meet like-minded people and I think when you start your own business if you've been in a corporate environment you have missing that sort of support group of colleagues and all of a sudden you're on your own and you've got to find that from somebody else um so i've loved doing all the networking stuff yeah i still, think it's yeah. still do a bit of it um anyway what we'd like to do for the podcast is we start each podcast with a sort of getting to know you session and to do that we use some cards called our moments which are available on the internet <laughs> um so if you'd like to pick a card we'll try and find out a bit about you okay have you ever met one of your heroes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. That's a quick answer. Who are your heroes? Um, oh, gosh. Um, well, musically, uh, David Bowie. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think um, I think actors as well. So I suppose there's some actors that I'd really would like to meet. I'd love to, met, well, to meet Robert De Niro or someone like that. Um, but yeah, I think the opportunity of bumping into them, wandering down the road, is uh, well, completely not going to happen in the first case. And um, not in Scalmanthorpe. Not in Scalmanthorpe, no. I once met George Clooney. Oh, did, did you? you? <laughs> wow! <laughs> but completely by accident, we were doing. Uh, I was working for Apple at the time, and we were doing a corporate event on Oxford Street, and we were at this restaurant venue, and it was. Um, we were having a sort of corporate event in the morning, but the evening was. Um, a launch event for one of his films and he was just there hanging out yeah. <laughs> how yeah. bizarre is that like you do mm. yeah he's yeah. not one of my heroes but no. I mean, and it's got nothing to do with this but yeah. but no i've never i've never sort of met anybody yeah and for you jane not a hero i've met some famous people but yeah mm. i suppose i have really but yeah not a sort of a hero not sort of someone well, you you'd just want met to Danny well, this oh, is yeah, true. Yeah, this yeah, is true. It was two hours yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe he's going to be a hero of the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good, good. Right, so second card. Okay. What trip most affected your life so far? Ooh. Um, which trip most affected my life so far? Interesting. I think... Um, Okay, so I think probably um, a, a, a trip I went on a couple of years ago, it was just a holiday actually, um, and it came at a time when I really needed the space and um, I've learnt a lot about myself over the years and I'd sort of finally admitted 
that I needed space and I needed quiet and yeah we went to we found this place in Italy and it's just the most incredible place and it was just me and my family and it was just so nice to just connect with them and just have some time and not have to feel you have to do things at a certain time and mm -hmm. there was nothing incredible about the trip it's just a beautiful place but it just came at the right time for me and I think it was probably the start of when I was looking to start out myself and yeah. things had changed you know quite a lot had gone on for me personally and so I was probably under a lot of pressure at the time but it just came at the right time and I think it just it was it, it kind of almost represents a turning point rather yeah. than being the most amazing place or I'm totally like with you because the exact same thing happened to me okay. we went on a family holiday to New Zealand to see um, some friends and I went with the purpose of switching off from work but to have Christmas and New Year with, with the family and friends and actually during that holiday I knew that something shifted mm. and something had to change and actually when I, I was on the plane on the way home I just thought this is it I need to do something different Yeah. and at that time I didn't know what different was but I knew that I couldn't carry on doing what I was doing mm. Mm. because well you know I thought I was okay but I was actually had a quite stressful job and yeah when you're with your family on in that kind of space and you you're on holiday and mm. we were there for a month so I'd never ever had that opportunity with my kids right wow well, yeah so you really start to sort of see how you connect with your kids and yeah. I think you said reconnect and that's exactly what I did yeah yeah it's just yeah. having those moments isn't it yeah and I think that's what the trip represented it was just having that time and and and, yeah. and realizing how important you know sometimes we can just fly through life can't we and you do this you do that you do the other but in that moment because of the time I just knew it was really important yeah yeah how old are your children they're 11 and 8 yeah great yeah. So. so what were you um what were you doing career-wise prior to that trip? Okay, so I've spent my career in the third sector, so that's working in charities, um, and I started that about 20 years ago now, and that was following sort of lots of dreams and plans that I had and things not going where I wanted them to go, and I remember having a conversation with my mum at the time around what I could do, because I felt career-wise I was a bit, you know, all over the place, and, and she just sort of said to me, you know, well, one thing that's so important to you is helping people and I was like yeah but I can't be a nurse you know in thinking in my head that to help people you have to what be were a you doing in the nurse. charity well in the charities I started off sort of doing project work so that was delivery on the front line so the the, the first job I got was um helping uh young people from the um quite deprived wards of Leeds to access opportunities so I was working front line with them doing a bit of outreach work and helping them to build the skills and um, to be able to get opportunities to go on really and get careers so that was the focus of the first job but actually what I found out was that I'm a very natural developer and it's very hard for charities to raise their income so I kind of quite naturally fell into developing new projects and fundraising so I kind of transitioned quite quickly into senior management in charities and so I spent some time in regeneration um, down in Sheffield working in an area there and then I did some work um, in a homelessness charity and all of them sort of focused around obviously enabling people to get back on track really and focus on what they can do and you know and, and, and really sort of move forwards and so yeah my career has always been around helping people mm -hmm. 
and even though I slipped into more of a senior management role so I was less frontline I've always been really passionate in helping people to evolve that's always been really important to me so my staff team you know I've always been you know really driven by the fact that I don't want anyone to ever feel that they hate coming to work or that they can't achieve or they're boxed in so that's always been a big driver for me is sort of developing people and of course when you're running small charities you know you're kind of developing the people running the finance department doing the marketing doing the fundraising and the safeguarding and everything else so yeah pretty mixed bag so just going right back mm. um you left school you mentioned off air that you went to Huddersfield University which is my hometown so that's yeah. great um <laughs> What did you study at uni and did what did what you studied at uni take you into the job? No. Okay. <laughs> no. So what did you, tell so, us what you studied well, yeah, at uni. Yeah. I, well, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an actress. That was really what I wanted to do and I loved it. Um, and, you know, looking back, I reckon I was probably pretty good at it as well. And then I kind of developed opportunities when I was in um, school, sort of working with the local radio station in Derby. And so I got quite into wanting to do radio as well. And then I did my A-levels and I didn't do as well as I had hoped. Um, and probably I should have stayed at home and resat, but all my friends were going and I wasn't going to let that opportunity pass me by. So I ended up in Huddersfield. Um, and I did theatre studies and communication arts as a degree. And the idea being that obviously it would be a stepping stone to progressing a career in acting or potentially the media as well. But actually what I found out as soon as I went into that environment was that um, I, st uh, I, I wasn't comfortable in it. I was suddenly competing. I was up again. It was a very, it was difficult, different. It was different from coming from this small town where you've always done really, been really good at something to suddenly going into an environment <coughs> where there's lots of people that are really good at it, but perhaps a little bit more cutthroat in their approach than me in terms of sort of getting to the front and being noticed. Mm. And I, I mean, I've since learned that I'm actually an introvert, which I never really knew. And and so, had I have known that back then, I think. I'd have understood that actually I'm not naturally someone that will push my way to the front but it doesn't mean I can't get there so I've learnt a lot about myself since then obviously but no I wanted to do wanted to do that I wanted to work in 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 theatre or, or radio um you know and that day still might come well yeah. Judy Dent does, it, yeah. Yeah. does it bring back um, any kind of memories yeah, now that you're is, in the studio yeah, and with the microphone all the, yeah, yeah yeah it's uh yes yeah it does but uh yeah you never know you never yeah. know so you met you graduated and you yeah. got the degree and it wasn't yeah for you to go down that path how did you land in this charity so I land, so, so I went off and I worked at the Yorkshire Post and I worked selling advertising just um yeah that was my first job just sort of basically got me what year was that Oh, 19, so when, when did, so I left, I must have left university in 96, 96, 97. My husband worked there in 92 selling advertising space. Oh. Did he? Yeah. He, he My worked. dad ran the advertising he, department. Oh, okay. From he, 1990. What's your dad's name? Mike Lydiard. Oh, it rings a, rings a, rings a bell. Ooh, after this conversation <laughs> of flying. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I, I worked there, um, and it, it got a bit much for me to be honest with you I was it was a job I wanted a job to get away from my parents I wanted to you know be living with my friend in Leeds and it was all really exciting and so that was the motivation and of course when I started doing that and you're burning the candle both ends as you do at that age um, I soon started to get quite depressed if I'm honest I found myself quite anxious sales wasn't for me um, I could go out and sell something that benefited other people but I couldn't I wasn't a natural salesperson 
and yeah the pressure built and then I just left I left um I didn't really have anything to go to but I'd met my husband by then so um kind of muddled through for a bit and then it was only really in that sort of soul searching that my mum said to me you know you need to think about a career helping people and that's when I thought oh yeah actually I can do that and yeah just didn't look back it was yeah really yeah great but brilliant <laughs> so you worked for a number of charities yes uh, Jane mentioned when you met at the networking event you were both at similar stages so <clears throat> was that you at that point deciding to go into the coaching or had you already taken the step or um it was it was kind of thrust upon me a little bit um i had always known that i wanted to be coaching people so you know going back a few years i knew that ultimately my plan would be to leave and to set up a coaching practice it was what i wanted to do um and then unfortunately various things played out for me last year uh, a lot of personal things went on and and um i left my role and and it was at that point I realised I can do something now and I can do what I've always dreamed I wanted to do or I can just get by and go and find something else because I think there's something, um, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I love working in charities and, and you know, I probably will go back to doing it again but it, there was just something in that moment where I needed to do something for me and I kind of recognised that as I say, I've always had a lot of very good feedback about the people I've supported, um, both in terms of the services delivered, but also staff I've supported. And it just felt like, well, this is the time to just make a go of it. And I've done some freelance work with charities since then, little bits and pieces here and there. But it's the coaching, really, that I'm, I'm growing. Um, yeah, it is. So have you done any professional development around that or is it just you've taken your career learning and packaged it into something that you can now deliver to clients? I've done both really. Um, yeah, my background, obviously I've got um, qualifications in counselling, motivational interviewing, but I have done a coaching and mentoring qualification as well, which um, has been taking me, taking me about two years to complete. And that felt really important because actually as an industry, it's not regulated mm -hmm. coaching. So anybody can say they're a coach and whilst there's some really great coaches out there that haven't done the training they've probably got the experience but for me personally it felt important to say I've got this qualification and I'm accredited to be mm. delivering this service as well so yeah so I've, so I've done that yeah, yeah. I, th I think being coached is getting a lot more popular mm. I mean you know I remember when I was when I started at Cisco and everybody sort of had a personal trainer and I'd never sort of I was like what everybody's got a personal trainer and actually after a while I realized that because you work 100 hours a week you've got to have a personal trainer to sort of keep your head straight um that was the thing sort of 20 years ago and and now lots of people have personal trainers mm. back then it seemed like hardly anybody had a personal trainer and I, I see the same happening with coaching mm. um I think there's been a massive shift I mean, coaching's obviously been around for a long time, but it's now becoming more acceptable. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when I had my corporate career, you know, I had a coach that was mm. provided by the corporation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just found her absolutely invaluable for me to just get through certain... Oh, I don't know what you call it, but certain periods of mm. my career. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I see it's 
way more prevalent now. Um, I th you know, I don't think people raise an eyebrow when you go, the idea of getting a business coach or no. a personal development coach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely more. Yeah, it is. More it's definitely, popular. yeah, definitely growing. And I think really everybody kind of, everybody needs a coach. And I think the really good thing is that everyone needs a different sort of coach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I first came out, I think I remember saying to you at one yeah. point, Jane, I was like, you know, I had this idea, oh, I'm going to do coaching. And then you go out and you everyone's coaching. There's mm -hmm. so many coaches. But then you've got to recognise the one thing they aren't is me and everyone's different and I know when I've looked for a coach I've met three or four people and they're all brilliant coaches in their own right but I know which ones I'll work well with and it's not being disrespectful to them because they'll work brilliantly with other people I think it's just you know yeah everyone needs a coach but you know you've got to find the right fit for you you know mm. yeah I'm definitely nurturing I'm definitely sort of somebody that you know can really sort of help somebody particularly with stress or overwhelm and that's an area that you know I, I'm particularly practiced in we all know about that don't we yeah and you know everybody's talking about it now so we've talked about this loads before yeah. that nobody used to talk about mental health no and now everybody talks about it it's mm. accepted that it is, comes yeah. as part and parcel of certain people's roles and that might be the pressure mm. that the business puts on you mm. or a customer or whatever but it's mm. you know it's not hidden away now everybody talks about yeah, it yeah. and I think you know there's an acknowledgement certainly from you know some of the bigger organizations are really getting behind things like mental health week mm. and stress awareness week mm. and and I don't think they're just paying lip service I'd really think that some of the companies are trying to fix this because mm. it costs them oh gosh it an absolute cost, fortune yeah, absolutely um so if you know, what's what's your sort of ideal client? Have you got a type or...? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I suppose because of my charity background, I've done work with quite a few charity leaders and charity senior managers because it is very lonely for charity leaders because you have these boards that might come along every two months. And so, so that's an area that I'm working in. But my absolute ideal client is people returning to work after long-term absence. And that's where I... Um, feel I'm um, have the biggest impact and create the greatest transformation I think for for the people I'm working with um, so maternity leave that's a big one coming back from maternity leave is <coughs> yeah it's just hard we've it's all really got a story hard. about that yeah, everyone has got a story about yeah. it and everybody who's had kids who works is affected by it you know it's not just for women no no it's absolutely affects and then and then really anybody in the workplace because if you work with a woman that's been on maternity leave then mm. you're going to be affected aren't you yeah. yeah i mean i i loved going back to work with both mine i'm probably in the minority that you know i was quite happy to put my kids into a nursery and you know i wanted to get back to my career and i enjoyed drinking a full cup of tea without it going cold but um that that was the going back to work bit. The the difficult bit was the managing what's happening at home. Mm. And I'm really fortunate. I don't do the cooking, so that's one less thing for me to think about. But it was the dropping and picking up at nursery, yeah. or what if you had a meeting that ran over, or mm. arranging for mum and dad to go and pick them up, mm. um, and sort tea, and just yeah. it's that juggling. And and my son actually got chicken pox about hours back at work a week and he got chicken pox it's mm. like how the hell am I going to take two weeks off work yeah yeah you know and fortunately my mum and dad live close by and they were always there to step in when the kids were ill mm. 
but not everybody's got that mm. you know I know I'm really fortunate to have a support network around me yeah but there's tons of people yeah, that do yeah. yeah yeah thousands of people yeah and you're right it's not not necessary so, so there's there's a lot of things that are going on for someone so there's people that are returning to work who have decided they don't want to return to work it, you know there's people who are returning to work who are really happy to return to work but equally might feel a little bit judged because they're happy to return mm. to work um and then there's the chaos when you've returned to work like you say you know it, yeah. it, it's getting on top of everything and and I think um, everyone's different. No yeah. one can tell you how to feel. No one can tell you how to react to a s different situation. You know, all of these things are so personal. And I mean, that's the wonderful thing about coaching is that obviously, you know, you, you look at the person, you know, you're not, you know, sort of saying you should behave or feel in this particular way. It's a space for somebody to explore and to work out the strategy of actually, you know, sometimes just knowing who you can ring or how you can manage things makes the world a difference in terms of being able to cope when that situation mm. presents. And, and, you know, that's the really great thing about coaching is that it can give you that clarity um, and it can enable you to work out what you need to do. It could well be that you need to have a conversation with your partner because perhaps they need to change what they're yeah. doing now mm. that you've gone back to work. and so much going on and it's yeah. different for people every time they do you know you go back after one child and it feels one way and yeah. then you go back after a second and it's completely different again um and i think it's just being mindful of that you know it, it don't expect to fit into a certain box with it you know it, it's how you feel mm -hmm. and actually you know two or three sessions can make the world a difference in terms of you know knowing what you really want knowing what your goals are um and taking action around that because if deep down your goal is you know that you want to change something then then you know change it but you've got to work out a process of, of being mm. able to do that um but i think employers you know should be taking a bit more care around people yes yeah, so i was just going to ask the clients that you have coached um that are returning to work after maternity are they paying for your services themselves or is their employer paying for their, for your they're, services? They're paying themselves. Yeah, I thought um, that might be the case, but yeah. it really shouldn't be, should it? No, no I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a big investment to make in, in a member of your team that, you know, is going to be with you for however much longer. Um, but yeah, people seek the support themselves rather than the employer. And we were chatting about this earlier, Jane, we were sort of saying when you go on maternity leave, your employer focuses on covering the role. They don't think about the person. They don't think about the person who's not there and how they're going to come back. And they do the keep in touch days, don't they? Which is the sort of... Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> new. They didn't have that one. They didn't have that with mine. I mean, my eldest is 17. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think I, I think I took five months off or six months off. I took five months off. Well. And um, I remember my boss ringing me like the week before I was due back saying right are you are you coming back and I said yeah yeah I'll be there and what am I doing you know and he was like oh yeah we're just figuring it out and um and I went back and I slotted into my own yeah. own role but there was only the one phone call mm. um and how soon was that sorry before you were coming back oh, about a week <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, then, I had pretty much the same but thing. um you know that was 17 years ago and when mm. and I worked for one of the biggest corporations in the world mm. and at that point they didn't have a maternity policy really because only at that point only 4% of the um, employees was female mm. it wasn't really a problem so 
you know, fast forward nearly two la- two years later and I'm having my second child, the maternity policy is in place. Um, I, but again, I only got the one phone call and yeah. that time it was, actually, are you really bothered if you come back to your job because we've got another job we'd quite like you to do and I just was sort of like, well, whatever, I'll try mm. something new. And mm. so I did that yeah. without question. Yeah, 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 I don't suppose you do. I mean, I know when I look back at my first maternity leave, I think I wasted the whole time worrying about going back to work. Um, you know, sort of thinking, oh, oh, I'll be going back in a few months. And I didn't know what I was doing with my son. Um, and then I actually opted to take voluntary redundancy during that process as well. So I ended up having to get a new job. So I was going back to a brand new job. So that felt a bit strange. And then the second time... Um, I hadn't been with this charity particularly long and when I found out I was pregnant I felt guilty mm. and I, I just felt guilty that I had to go back as soon as I could even though it wasn't the right thing for me because um, I thought it was the right thing to do yeah. and it wasn't it never was going to be and, and, and it's not like you say it's not keeping in touch when are you coming back it's keeping in touch like you know how how are you feeling how are you getting on um you know do your plans still fit because everyone's plans are different you know mm. some people have a vision of maternity leave being all about cappuccinos and walking around with your prams don't they and it's not like that you, like you say you spend mm. the first two months in your pajamas sort of like you know falling asleep on the <laughs> yeah, sofa you get dressed by 12 you've yeah it yeah <laughs> and some people have really different experiences in mm. that something might have gone terribly wrong and they've spent yeah. a lot of time in, the, in a hospital environment so everything changes mm. and and it's the going back to that whole thing of no one can tell you how to feel. Yeah, and and if you know having a child is life changing. It's yeah. a life changing um, situation. So any other life changing situation, you're supported. Oh yes, yeah. But for some reason, on on mm. on that one, mm. you're not. No, it's. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of employers out there that that do support, but. You know, I think it's a shame that people that come to me for that support are coming from their own personal... Mm. And the other thing is, the people that are coming to you have obviously been on maternity leave. Finances are crap when you're on maternity leave. You haven't got any money. So how... It's almost like they've got to be really desperate to come Mm. and pay you Mm. when that is not the Mm. main priority of what they're Mm. spending the money on. So yeah, for a a couple of hundred quid Mm. investment from Mm. a an employer yeah it can make a that's world of difference massive massive difference yeah. and that's the thing you want to invest in your staff don't you you know if you make that investment now then chances are they're not going to you know, have the same sorts of levels of anxiety around certain issues yeah. so that might impact on you know them not taking absence if you know if they're feeling really worried or anxious then chances are they're not going to be well yeah. and so you're looking after someone that and you're investing in them aren't you and they could be with you for another 10 yeah, and 20 years yeah. and yeah. You, you invest know. in stuff and the and the, the loyal yeah the absolutely loyal yeah. yeah yeah i went um i went back to what looks was five months old because in those days you got six months mm. maternity leave um and I I wanted to go back to work because I was ready to have conversations. I was yeah. ready to get dressed in the morning, you know. Mm. Um, but I was quite anxious about... Uh, wh- while I'd been off, I'd got a new boss. Mm. Um, and I was like, that person doesn't know the value that I've given this business for the last however many years at all because I'm not there. So therefore, I don't really exist. Yeah. Um, and so I was very anxious about that. And I was right. Mm. because I got back and then I was pretty much ignored for a year and then I left yeah Which, so, yeah but yeah had I had somebody to, to 
help me figure out my feelings and mm. help me figure out that actually that probably wasn't a good first place for me to be anyway yeah yeah um mm-hmm. then that would have been a much better experience exactly. but i still feel a little bit bitter about it yeah well it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's you want your pretty, pretty woman moment don't you, you want to turn up with yeah. your big mistake yeah. <laughs> he got sacked actually yeah. <laughs> they're lost jade yeah <laughs> look we wouldn't be here now if you'd still be True. working for that company no no we wouldn't so <laughs> every cloud's got a silver lining yeah, you've got to let it go <laughs> it's gone it's gone i'm over it yeah um. yeah good have you got any more questions um just around you know if somebody is thinking coaching might be something that i want to um kind of look into a bit more mm-hmm. um how would they find out more about it okay well um i use my sunday best name so it's victoria, victoria. brennan <laughs> so my website's uh, victoriabrennan.co.uk um and and people can find me on linkedin and facebook as well um and yeah do give me a call because i always offer a no obligation session first because you need to be confident that you can work with me and i need to be confident i can work with you so you know absolutely nothing to lose by just giving me a ring and sort of trying to you know get an initial session going but yeah Yeah. have a look for me on on online you'll find me yeah and employers listen up you need to be um helping your employees out definitely definitely well, before we wrap it up, we're going to go for one last question. Okay. So uh, this is the bit that you were least looking forward to, isn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's saying that to us, yeah. aren't they? Um, They're like, oh, what if I pick a question that I don't like? Okay. Oh, this is nice. What? Well, I hope it is. What do you love about your hometown? Oh, well, my so, mum and dad. My mum and dad are... So where so is home? So you hometown. Your hometown. Hometown is Matlock in Derbyshire. Oh, right. lovely. Um so yeah i suppose my parents they're still there so that's uh and my, and my brother as well so I, I love that i just i just love the place i love where i was very lucky to grow up and a lot of really happy memories and yeah i, I suppose it comes, comes back to connections doesn't it yeah. family and people that make you feel good and yeah. that's all there so brilliant well vicky it's been great thank you yeah, so I've much enjoyed for uh, yes. coming thank in you. really appreciate and, uh, it We'll put all your links in the show oh, notes. Bless you. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Thank you for listening to the Two Northern Lasses.